Well, hi everybody. I am excited to be back. It's been only about a month, so I'm getting better at doing podcasts and editing them and posting them on a timely fashion instead of waiting and getting stressed out and forgetting about these for five months and then finally doing it at the last minute. So I hope everyone is having a good holiday season so far. I know that tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I will not be joining my family in Olympia slash Seattle this year, unfortunately, just because I am in Chicago, which is interesting because it's the first Thanksgiving Thanksgiving that I have ever been away from my family, but I've been able to meet really cool people who have invited me to their homes, and I think that just kind of goes to show that family can be found anywhere, and although it is not my specific family, it still feels as though people are looking out for me, which means the world to me in a new city. I I don't know if I mentioned this the last time I posted a podcast, but I was recently hired by The Moth to be the assistant producer, and so I produced the story slams, the local events that happen, and I am currently working two other jobs as well, and so a total of three, and so it's been pretty busy. It is not going to get any slower, I don't think, but I do feel as though it's the five-month mark since I've moved to Chicago, and it feels as though every day it's becoming more and more um, of the right fit, which is really cool. It's really cool. Um, It's hard a lot of times, saving money, finding community, but I will say that if you have the opportunity to move to somewhere that you feel as though it could really give you a lot more opportunity or feel that it would be a good place for you to be yourself or explore, I would recommend it to anybody at any age. Um, so with that, I'm really happy to have my friend Sarah join the podcast this time. She is a friend of mine who I met on a study abroad program when we were both juniors. Um, and she is someone who has been really, really awesome in the journey I've had in terms of coming to Chicago. And so I am just really excited that I was able to give her a chance to share her kind of perspective and her her aspirations as well as the things that she um, thinks that young people should do um, or things that could benefit young people. Um, So Sarah's bio was kind of not really representative of what she's done. I guess maybe she doesn't like to talk about herself in a really elevated way um, because she's had an incredible career. She's worked at every major tech company, you know, that you've ever can think of. She triple majored in college. She was in the honors program. She was the recipient of every type of award possible. She studied abroad like four times. She's traveled to like 13, 14, 15 countries or something like that um, since she was in college. And so 
she is an incredible person, but I will read her bio because she wrote it. Um, okay. So Sarah Yu is a recent grad who is not very good at writing bios, I told you. Some typical bio facts would be she has lived most of her life in the 40 miles south of and including Seattle and has spent and will continue to spend a lot of time in basically one academic institution. However, some more interesting facts would be she has over 50 stitches in her body and loves a good article, like a recent one she read on Sheep Street View in the Faroe Islands. So, without further ado, here's Sarah. Well, Sarah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time. I think that you're an amazing person and you have a lot to talk about. And I just kind of want to hear what's up with you and just, you know, what things you're doing and all of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're in uh, New York City right now, post-college. Yes, I am. I am. I am. And what's that been like from going to a really rigorous academic career to now just, like, being in a city and just spending time with family and not necessarily yeah. doing any of that? Oh, you know, the other day, it was so funny. Um, I woke up yesterday and I was like, oh my God, I had this interview with, um, with my friend Simon. I was telling my mom and I was like, you know, I feel like I should definitely prepare. So I like sat down with a cup of coffee at like 10.55 yesterday. And then um, it like, it was 10 minutes and it was like 20 minutes and I was like you know I don't think Simon's like a really not punctual person this is really strange um and my mom and I were sitting there and we were like oh man you know like kind of like weird this is kind of rude and disrespectful and then I'm sitting there and my mom's like oh okay well I'm thinking about going golfing and I was like don't you just go on weekdays she was like Sarah it's Friday <laughs> like oh geez <laughs> um Basically, what I was trying to say is that I've lost most count of days and dates and time, to be quite honest. Right. Um, so that's, that's an interesting change. I mean, I went from being um, having like a pretty intense schedule by the end of college, and then I moved to San Francisco for three months to do an internship, and then I've been living in New York now maybe two months just kind of like relax, live with, um, spend time with family and just kind of like recalibrate. Um, and I think it's like, it's really nice, right? Like, I think we, um, obviously given that like, if people have the luxury of doing so, obviously like it's dependent on your circumstance. When you do have that kind of opportunity, I think it's a really cool one. Um, because I think it was, it's been an incredible experience to try to like learn how to be bored again. Right. Um, I also yeah, think that so it's just so interesting when you're in a different situation and then how easily you condition yourself. You were working in San Francisco for three months right after college. And now you've been in New York for two months. And it's just, I've noticed that like when, when I, when I moved back home, just how easily I got back into the rhythm of like the energy of like the environment I was in. And so, you know, if you're around your parents who are playing golf all the time, like you, and you're not working, you know, you're not, you're not going a million like miles an hour anymore. And then you like, just like, are just like, 
and then you don't realize like but like three months prior to that you were working probably a lot and you were you know working in tech and you were working around commuting so much god don't ever do the commute from san francisco to like Right, right. Versus, you know, and then you having to, like, you know, a lot time so you won't be late to work versus, like, now you just, like, have all the time to, like, explore the city versus, like, you don't have that when you're working. And so it's just so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, you're totally right, right? Like, it's, it's um and it's just like you said you go back and like you we got a taste of this in college when we were like oh we're in school you're like go 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 um you have this like deadlines hanging over your head and then all of a sudden you're back at home and it's just incredibly so like it is ridiculous how easy it is to like morph into your couch just in that time it's like no one even has to teach you again right Mm -hmm. um but i i totally agree like context switches are interesting it's been um like in two new cities right after like i've always lived in uh, that like 40 mile corridor like surrounding seattle um and it is hard it is hard to adapt at different times and it does take time um but i think our like ability to adapt is something that i've been thinking a lot about like um just the fact that we have this capacity and like just this kind of second nature to be able to adapt to our surroundings and that's something that um, is almost like um, nature to us but at the same time it's something that we can work on and really uh, refine as a skill because we have the capacity to do so and whether that's like trying to find um, you know your daily schedule around work and commuting but also um, one thing has been like when you have so much time you don't really know what to do with yourself and I was like okay well usually like I have classes to be at or doing something but having the whole day you're kind of like okay what am I going to do today yeah so trying to find like a little bit of an anchor every day has been really helpful for me so um in this time off I really wanted to get a little bit like in shape uh health wise and then I also wanted to learn some things so um for the past two months I've been trying to like do yoga every day for just a small amount um, following like YouTube videos and then learn a little bit of cooking so having these like little things to hold you grounded so you know you feel like you have something in the day um, has been really helpful to adapt as well because I think we're just like creatures that need some kind of like structure and habit (laughs) maybe that's just me absolutely and I think that a lot of my energy right now goes towards my schedule and the things I have to do for work but I think I like when you said about like the yoga and just doing in small increments because there's some days where I want to write or I feel like I should write or do yoga or do something and I'm like I only have 20 minutes and it's not an hour it's not gonna be enough and it's like well if you if you have 20 minutes you're still doing it and it's yeah I feel like it's just so and you know a lot of people need to shift their mindset and being like no condition is perfect for you to do the things that you need to do so you just have to like do them even if it's you know for not as many hours or minutes as you want it to be because it's still like being productive in that way yeah and I think there's like so something that my mom always tells me is that like a mountain is made of a lot of small rocks right like not uh, lost in translation but ultimately like little things really get you to exactly where you want to go and like to be quite honest, I mean, um, you know, we 
we have the I remember there was like that fad when people were like, you have the same 24 hours in a day that Beyonce or like whoever your um, like, uh, person you look up to might be. And the reality is that it's true, right? Like we do have a lot of time. And I am the first to say I definitely waste a lot of it on like social media or on all these things because I'm not saying social media is bad, but the marginal benefit you get at that like extra 20, 30 minutes is obviously not the best, right? right. So like... Rarely is there a case where we can't make time, and um, it's also much easier to start uh, creating these, like, regimens for yourself to be like, okay, I'm going to do just a little bit of this today, and then, you know, it starts getting a lot easier, right? It's um, the yoga, like, video I follow is always, like, you know, the hardest part is getting to the mat, and it's true, because once you are there, it's, like, yeah, it's hard, but you kind of get through it, right? I think that's... I think that's great to remember because a lot of times I feel as though because I'm just working so much that I just can't do anything else and it's like well you it's not fun to be productive and have to categorize your entire life not just your professional life but like right. you know you, you have to and that's just like especially working in a big city and especially when you're working yeah. jobs that are not a nine-to-five office job that just has you do all that stuff and it's really chill college and stuff did you practice self-care and things like that um <laughs> no I was the worst I was probably like very very bad about that yeah. um in college I spent a lot of time um like just in the library not like the, the 24-hour library the, the disgusting 24-hour library right. and um I was didn't sleep very much. Um, I I personally don't sleep very much. At least then. Turns out when you um, just bum around in New York, you sleep a lot more. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was not very good about that in college. And in retrospect, I'm a lot happy. Like I'm very thankful that I um, things could have gone really bad. Health, like physical health wise, mental health wise, like that kind of thing. Um, and I didn't necessarily have the worst time, but I, towards the end, um, of college, it was starting to dawn on me that, like, this was an unsustainable rate, Mm -hmm. um, and that I need, like, something needed to give, it was either my schedule or me, and, um, at a certain point, I started to begin to worry that it was going to be me, um, that, that was giving to whatever was happening, um, so I'm, I'm really glad that, um, I put, like, I eventually saw the end, um, and, you know, sometimes you wish you could be better about, like, um, being better about your responsibilities. Because sometimes, right, you feel like you're in a circus and you feel like you put all of these spinning plates. Um, and each time you put up a spinning plate, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I really want to do this one thing. Mm-hmm. But, but then you, like, suddenly step back and start realizing you have so many spinning plates that you cannot manage by yourself. Right. Um, and, like, yes. Some people will tell you that, like, oh, you should, like, 
cut down on your responsibilities and take a step back and blah, 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 blah. But, like, I felt like I was in a place where I didn't even know how to begin to do that. And um, for me, I just kind of let all this spinning plates, like, kind of crash all at once. Right. Not, not so bad, right? Um, but in that sense, I kind of just needed to reset. And yeah. I think that was one of the things that really helped me is understanding that, like, we have all these things and we have all this stress on ourselves and we think of these, like, really big consequences. But rarely, rarely is something, like, so big of consequence that you can't come back from, right? right. And so, like, sometimes it's just a matter of, like, facing the consequence that you've created yourself and then, like, mm-hmm. let the spinning plates crash and just start over fresh with yeah. a little bit more wisdom than you had before. Yeah. Right? And it's not like in college you're managing like $3 million accounts. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's, it's, it's based on your yeah. grade and it's based on, I mean, it's shitty to have to step back or to, you know, really withdraw from any responsibilities that you are a part of. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like that happens. And at least, you know, cutting back your capacity for stuff is like more manageable. But yeah, it's hard when people feel like literally the college is... Again, it's, like, the context that you're in. College is, like, the only thing that's more important. It's, like, no, finding a job is more important after college or, like, finding yourself or, like, taking time to explore, you know, is... Yeah, and I mean, it's, like, this whole, like, college thing, like, learning what you need to learn, getting, like, preparing for a job, making lasting friendships that you're supposed to have some, like, Disney Channel movie about. Like, there's so many things you're supposed to do at, like, all these... I think college is really to be like, wow, this is, like, the best time of your life. And, you know, anyone who uh, is, like, out should tell you that, like, you should not peak there, right? Like, you should, um, there should be a lot more to look forward to in life. But, like, in reality, this is so much pressure to believe that we need to have everything done, right? Like, you're supposed to make all these friends. You're supposed to do things for your career and, like, X, Y, Z. And nowadays, I imagine, um, you know, even more pressure like every generation that grows older there's more and more extracurriculars and more and more things that you're supposed to do but like it's totally um kind of like what you're saying right it's just we like we aren't managing these 30 million dollar accounts and and who's to say like what if you were right like save some like legality issues there's very rarely things that you can do that like are massive, massive consequences. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a life and death choice, right? Even if, like, even if you were managing some, like, big account, like, you lose your job, but, like, you, you like, you can see another day. And mm-hmm. so being honest with yourself and taking off that, like, personally induced stress and learning to, like, have some perspective on where you are and, like, how lucky you are to be there and then also having some perspective that, like, you're not going to, end up in a really bad place um that takes a lot of pressure off off of you right yeah I had a moment like that. I really appreciate you saying that because I had to, like, book flights for this team that I really like, and it stressed me out. It was stressing the whole department out, but because I can only work a certain amount of hours per week, mm-hmm. I right. wasn't able to, you know, do what I needed to do because just of so many things and just the capacity of our department, and I, like, was feeling the stress of being able to not do it, mm-hmm. and my supervisor had to be like, you're an intern. Like, you, it's fine. Like, like... <laughs> Like, we will figure it out. You're, we're losing, like, maybe $600. And I'm, like, I felt, like, I felt, like, so connected to this responsibility that I felt as though, like, if I didn't do it, then, like, something. And it was, like, 
No, like, they can just book it, and, like, you know, they need to, like, reassess things, and we can reorganize our department, and, like, it's not that big of a deal, and I need to remember that I'm, like, also here in Chicago, where I wanted to be, doing things that I do like, mm-hmm. and I need to remember that because it's so easy to feel as though, like, booking flights for producers at NPR is, like, the most important thing, because it's like, no, I didn't even know that this yeah. was going to be a possibility until, like, now, you know, so... I mean, I think, first of all, um, the fact that you internalized this task, whether it was the smallest thing to the largest thing, you having this kind of connection to what you wanted to do and you being worried about it directly correlating to, like, your performance, these are all coming from well-intentioned places and a really good good place, right? Like, if you had some, if I was, like, an employer and you had some employee that didn't really give a shit, like, that is not something you want or, like, that's not something that makes you better off, like, the people around you, but also being fair to yourself and also being honest, right? Like, mm-hmm. that, that was really helpful for me is being, and I think one of the things that has helped me in, like, so many different aspects of, like, interactions with people is being honest with, like, other people and being honest with yourself and mm-hmm. telling your supervisor or whoever and then being, like, don't worry about it and then also being honest with yourself that, like, hey, like, maybe I couldn't do this one thing, but, like, I'm doing a lot of other things and understanding, like, how much to push yourself. I think I think this is, like, this. you're totally right, and, like, it is it is great, right? You're in this city that you love doing stuff that you love. I loved your uh, post the other day where you were like, oh, you know, like, I'm doing me, I'm doing all these things, like, um, against that, like, woman who spoke to you or something. Yeah. I, think, I think it's really empowering to remember, like, I want to keep going forward, but I also need to remember how much, how far I've come. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for saying that. Um, I kind of wanted to um, talk to you about something real quick, just kind of stunned from this conversation. How was your experience working in the in the in the, in the valley and being around so many people who are in? the tech world and whatnot and I'm just curious if like how did that change your perspective like is that something that you want to continue doing seeing all the amazing innovation and all of the the progress that is being made in that in that type of field not just specifically you know in the Silicon Valley but just in the tech world in general or are you kind of stepping away from it based on like culture or like the demand of the of the work environment I'm just curious about like what are yeah Maybe 55. 
a school that definitely tried to um, be very cognizant of the, the uh, what's it called, like the disparity between women and men, um, obviously not be like still trying to move beyond this kind of like concept of gender and wherever you may um, feel about that spectrum. But uh, for, for that term, I'm just saying that uh, we had about 30 something percent women which national average-wise is incredibly high. Mm -hmm. um, I was very involved with, like, the women's group in computer science, and that was something that was very important to me. Um, not just the women, but just diversity as a whole, right? Whether that was racially speaking, um, gender speaking, or, like, for me, I thought it was... Um, I thought it would be a really great conversation to open up the idea of like socioeconomic diversity, which is usually just tied with racial, but um, totally. that's just a whole nother mm -hmm. um, rabbit hole we could go down. So in that sense, I was in this program that I really enjoyed, loved it. And somehow I, <laughs> I'm going to say this outright, I personally really don't like San Francisco. So I... Um, we talked about that a little bit, you know? no no like bad feelings and no um like i'm not trying to offend any diehard san franciscoers like some of my really good friends grew up there and love it like that's their home and i'm, I'm not trying to rag on that but um the san francisco that i experienced was one that was so um intense on moving forward into this future and not necessarily moving forward but so so obsessed with the idea of creating the future that we're supposed to move forward in that it was just like it was okay to step on every single toe that you needed to get there oh, and yeah. um and don't get me wrong like i i'm all for this like idea of competition sometimes and like you know innovation and all of these things like, i mean um, as someone in tech like i totally um can have seen, have learned, have um, experienced all the importance and the kind of excitement, right, that mm -hmm. surrounds that. And ultimately, like, I really do, I, I used to work in um, technology for the developing world. Like, I do believe in tech being um, a great medium for connecting people, for um, providing opportunity, for, you know, democratizing these different platforms or these different jobs or whatever, right? Like, I there's so many social entrepreneurships that do this well. At the same time, I just thought it was this kind of, like, savage um, move forward with uh, leaving behind so many people um, just right outside your doorstep, right? Like, first of all, I lived in a place that... Um, our landlord was was a nightmare, like to say the least. Uh, and it was this kind of like trying to extract every single dollar that you could mm -hmm. from these college kids who are just renting for the summer. Um, and uh, and like even within that, there was even when we were moving, there was this kind of guilt where I was like, okay, like yeah, I worked hard in college, but that doesn't necessarily mean that other people haven't worked hard to be where they are, and to know that like we could easily find somewhere to live for the summer simply because of this housing stipend that we receive right. as opposed to people who have families, right? People who need a home. Um, and instead, this house is probably left empty for, like, portions of the year so that it could usher in high-paying, like, Czech people for um, the small amounts in between. 
all of these things, right? It's I mean, like a, yeah. the renting and homelessness situation. It's really dire there. Right. And, it, and, you know, and then it's in, it's right next, it's in conjunction, conjunction to some of the wealthiest people in our nation. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, it is, I mean, there was this ridiculous article, I never followed up on it, but there was this one where um, some, like, rich startup, uh, like, owner or something was like, oh, yeah, I'll pay for a boat to, like, send um, homeless people somewhere. And I don't even remember if it was, like, to, like, give them a better opportunity, if it was packaged in a way to give them a better opportunity mm-hmm. somewhere, but it was basically, like, you can't even handle this situation, and so you're just shipping people out as if they're, like, items. Oh, absolutely. People yeah. are not simply just, like, expendable like that, right? And, sorry, <laughs> it was, like, it was something that, to my core, like, obviously, I'm not saying I have a solution for it, and I'm not saying that people aren't working hard to, like, solve that, but I, I thought that my best contribution moving forward was not, would be to, at the very least, not add on to that right yeah. like I I would really like to not um, like work and live in that area later on um, I mean that's up to where my job prospects are and kind of like how that works um, but it would be really great to not have to compound on that existing problem if, if I as a person could right for sure yeah and um, it's a bit hard so I I really enjoyed, like, learning humanities in college, and I really, um, I thought, I personally, coming from my background, where, like, most of where I grew up wasn't, like, socioeconomically the best, um, coming from that background, I, I try, and I really want to be, like, cognizant of those things, um, but sometimes feel, um, indirect, like, uh, indirect conflict with my personal interest in, like, tech as a uh, career, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, that's an interesting thing to think about at times. But anyways, um, it is really cool. Okay. Besides every, like, thing I said, San Francisco is a really cool place. San Francisco has everyone walking around with some of the newest technology, you know, like I wrote in my mentor's Tesla for the first time, and it just, like, drove itself out of the parking lot, and then um, he basically talked to me the whole time while it just self-drove to um, the place we were getting lunch, and I was like, oh, okay, like, this is, this is wild, right? Like, you hear about these things, and, um, you uh, very often they're like a couple years out from really, or maybe even longer um, from being consumed by the mainstream, but uh, you're in this place where everyone is so eager to kind of be the first consumers, to be the pioneers of technology and I think it's a really cool environment to be in if that is kind of what you um, you strive to be a part of and that, that's the environment that you really enjoy. Um, for me, I kind of miss being around a diverse group of people. Yeah. Because um, obviously at the end of the day, like, we can we can all try to pretend that we have, like, differences and all these things, but, like, at the end of the day, it's a group of people who have decided to spend at least, if 
not more than eight hours a day dedicated to technology, sitting in front of a computer, doing something based around this one very similar goal. And I think no matter how much we have our own personal interests and personal um, things, I think that'll never really truly emulate the kind of diversity that comes from having so many different people who are pursuing different things and really exercising different parts of themselves. Because um, as soon as I got back to Seattle, some of my best friends, um, one's a law student at UW and one's, um, you know, in the public affairs department, and then some are just working um, post-business grad. And, you know, it's just having this kind of diverse group of friends really provides perspective on um, things that you need in day-to-day. And um, maybe that was just something I wanted, but that was you know, you studied three things in college, not just computer science. And so being around just that, like you missed those two other majors of yours, you know, and you're, you yeah. have a very eclectic group of friends. Like you've traveled to like every like country in the world, basically. Um, so like, <laughs> you know, like you also, I can, I could see you, I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I could see you doing, being in the tech world, you know, strictly the tech world for a few years, but not your whole career or not in a, not in a traditional sense, because I think that you would want to be going places to be bringing in the technology, not just, you know, creating the things and then having it, you know, distributed, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that's not presumptuous at all. Like, I think it's, uh, you're definitely right. Like, I want um, to kind of integrate this kind of thing, um, this, this really great good that we have into different parts of our lives but I don't know about you but um, I think whatever you're doing at the time it gets incredibly easy to start foreshadowing your own um, like thoughts or your uh, path and goals um, and taking on this kind of like group think of what the ultimate goal is and I don't know if that's really vague but ultimate uh, what I'm trying to say is like I was really set on going into computer science because I was doing other things. I was really interested in technology as, like, a thing to study. And as soon as I got into the department, I was surrounded by people who are all doing this thing. It was so easy to all of a sudden be like, oh, wait, like, oh, I should be trying to work at Google, Facebook, Microsoft. Like, I should be trying to get the best tech job. I should be trying to do this. Like, right? It becomes so easy to, like, get sucked into this, like, group definition of success mm-hmm. um and so the capital um, you know the capitalist you yeah. know definition of success and if you don't work for microsoft then what are you doing you know you're just like that's you know yeah yeah i mean it's just like insert next year but i mean i felt it in, i felt that in every um like i i keep coming back to the majors but that's really all i have of a reference like a frame of reference but um, like when I was in econ, it was kind of like, oh, everybody kind of works, wants to work in either like the economics or the um, like finance group of X Y Z major company. Oh, like I'm supposed to be uh, when I was studying international studies, it was like, oh, everyone wants to work for the government, the Secretary of State, or um, some kind of diplomacy effort, right? And some people want to be foreign service officers, but it's just kind of like that group each had their own, like, definitions of what is the best. Um, and uh, a 
obviously I've spoken to some of my friends at different schools and their schools have different, maybe some schools have departments that are a bit more entrepreneurial. But even beyond that, at the end of the day, each one has their own definition. Um, and so I think it's really important to kind of remember to hold on to your own personal anchor, which is something I've been trying to exercise and um, will have to continue to practice for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keeping people around you to like, and this goes back, people ha- um, having a diversity of people around you really somehow helps you keep grounded in that, right? Because um, having my friends who, like one of my best friends works at a global health nonprofit, and she will sometimes just be like, I'm really confused as to why I'm so obsessed with one thing, or like, she'll have so many more ideas about different things, and it opens up your world, right? Diversity really does let us thrive and open up our world um, into so much more than we could think on our own, yeah. or if we were in our own, like, in our own little corner, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of brings me to my next question that I have to I have to ask you, I guess, now that you've talked about this just now. Like, how, what what are you thinking about? You know, you're going to go back to school, correct, in January? Yeah. And, like, what are you, because I know that you, you know, you found computer science later than people do. And, you know, you said you were mm-hmm. really fascinated by kind of studying it. How are you, what are you thinking about? And, like, what are your, what are your things that you're hoping um, how do I, how do I phrase this? What are you, what is your, what are you, what are you thinking about in terms of your success track? Like what, what are the things that you would love to see yourself working at or, uh, places that you would want to be, you know, connecting to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. I personally, um, I'm going to start off by saying that I don't have a five year plan. Um, Three years ago, if you asked me, um, and I said, and three years ago, if you asked me if I had some kind of, like, notion, then I would be, certainly have an answer, and I would absolutely tell you I have a five-year plan. Um, so the growth has been great. Um, I don't really know exactly what I want to do, but I do have some kind of, like, little um, little things that I want to hold myself to, right, little tenets. Maybe is a better word. Um, so I'm going back to school in January. I'll be starting my um, master's. And um, I want to do research. So we have the option. We're very lucky to have the option to either be a teaching assistant or a research assistant. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do research. And um, beyond that, I have played with the idea of continuing on to a PhD. Mm-hmm. I've played with the idea of um, working, which, you know, for anyone out there who, um, is like me and has considered doing some different things because, um, like, don't let anyone ever tell you that you shouldn't take care of yourself first. Like for, I used to think it maybe it was being a bit of a sellout to try to work for a company for a little bit. Um, but, you know, taking care of yourself, whether that's, like, mentally or physically, but at the end of the day, like, financially, um, I think that's that's something that no one can um, say anything to you about. So, for me, I have played around with the idea of um, working so that I can have that kind of financial stability. Um, at the same time, I have also really liked the idea of creating something, um, you know, not necessarily, like, this whole startup 
thing, I have my caveats with that, but that's kind of the different things I've played with, mm-hmm. also being open to new possibilities, um, because I don't know about you, but, um, and actually, I do know about you, <laughs> and, like, uh, I'm sure that you would agree that very, very, like, if I told you you were going to be doing what you're doing six months ago, one year ago, you would be like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Like, get out of here. And so yeah. each day is different. Each month is different. You know, any any gauge of time, everything is so much more different. Um, and that's good. That's, mm-hmm. that's what makes life exciting. Right. Um, and so that's kind of like taking it one step at a time. It's just doing that master's. And um, it's a funny thing that you mentioned this, success thing of like what I'm defining success as moving forward because um, for a while I was playing around with the idea of actually uh, not pursuing my master's so Mm -hmm. um, a year ago I applied and got in actually more than it was about a year and a half ago I applied I accepted um, and I was kind of like on this track to do grad school right away and this summer, I had, I was, again, in this very, like, Silicon Valley, like, in the, in the crux of all of this tech world. And I was like, I don't know if this is right for me. I don't know if I should be doing this. Um, I don't know if, like, I am the person who's going to sit and try to write programs all day. Like, I don't know if that's me. And I had a lot of doubt, right? Like, this, this rampant imposter syndrome that mm-hmm. afflicts us all. Um, but at the same time, I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, what do I know? Like, what, where do I begin? I know that um, I really want to continue learning. I know that I don't want to commit to a job because I don't, um, you know, maybe I didn't even want to apply to a job, but that's just a separate thing. Um, I don't want to start off there. And I know that, like, at this stage of my life, I've always been someone who has prioritized my career, my work, my school, whatever, um, whatever that kind of, like, outward success over friends and family. Well, never family, friends. Yeah. And, um, and I realized, like, at this point in my life, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel much more close to, like, who I want to be with and who I want to surround myself with. And I think this summer was this really great perspective builder in understanding that no matter how well I am doing, um, I'll never be as happy as I am if I'm surrounded by the right people. Right. And so I had this really great conversation. It was I went to a music festival in Las Vegas and had this conversation um, – it was a friend, I went with a friend of a friend, and that group, we had kind of, like, joined on to that group, and it was funny because in that group, there was one of my friend of a friend's brother, like, you know, this kind of, like, marginal connection that we had met at this music festival, and he was a PhD student in computer science. Wow, and, at a music festival. Yeah, right, and, yeah. yeah, and so we're like, okay, what, like, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. Um, if I should do this master's or not. And, you know, it kind of goes, this kind of ties back into our earlier conversation about feeling like there's so many consequences, right? Like, at that time, I was like, oh, my God, like, I really, really don't know. And I felt like my world was was really trying, like, crumbling at the foundations just to be like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I don't do this, then what does that mean, right? Because you look out into this abyss and you're like, I don't know what I should do next. Um, 
And in reality, again, consequences are rarely as life or death as movies make them. Um, but anyways, the teaching student and I were talking, and we, I was like, hey, I don't know if I want to do this master's or not. And he was like, okay, like, what are you, what are you thinking? Okay, like I kind of like learning. I kind of want to do a little more of this. I started computer science pretty late, so I want to have a little bit more time because I felt like undergrad wasn't enough. At the same time, I feel like doing it, um, I feel like I'm worried because my friends put this little idea in my head that what if you're doing it just to delay real life? Or like, what if you're just doing it to delay going out and doing work? If that's your ultimate goal, like, go head on and mm-hmm. I was like okay well maybe maybe that makes sense right we have these little bits of doubt that um pervade us every day and uh, I was like okay maybe that's what I should be doing and and I was like at the same time I kind of want to stay in Seattle like I don't know I could probably try to find a job in Seattle but I don't really know and something he said to me that has that was like earth shattering to me at the time um and I'm incredibly thankful for it. he was like you know, having the option to stay with your friends at such an important time of your growth and your life, um, like, is a really great opportunity. Like, being able to hold on to that at this time when we're so young, where we're just starting our, like, careers, where we don't have too many responsibilities yet, and this very special time is, is a really big gift. And for you to consider that as an important part of your decision, no, like, you shouldn't mean that. You shouldn't, like, belittle how the importance of having those people in your life is. So, a bit of a long story, but ultimately what I'm trying to say is that, like, for me, and at this stage, I realized that, um, one, it was okay to prioritize my friends and, like, kind of my life, and, um, and obviously that's not at some sacrifice, like, I'm, I'm really thankful to have the opportunity to, um, study at such a great, like, computer science department and pursue my master's and have the opportunity to, like, do research, like, these are, these are all really great things to begin with, with the added, um, incredible bonus of being around my friends who are all, um, at this very crucial part of our early 20s, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, I think that is kind of what I've been defining my success as for the next two years, right? And and that's the important part is understanding that like we need to be um, we need to give ourselves the room to breathe and to reassess. And like nothing is permanent, right? Like there's literally nothing that is all that permanent. No. Um, save you know like I'm saying I'm speaking in terms of like our decisions most of the time, but there really are the things that we do unchangeable and like today I prioritize friends and this master's program and tomorrow um, your priorities can change and at that point you can you can also change again right there's there's very rarely a time where we're so fixed in our situation and um, that we can't kind of change course and being okay with that I think is what helps me um, at the very least feel okay making decisions because it takes away the pressure from this like fear of commitment right like yeah. you, you can't give so much power to a decision that you're like oh I don't know because if I do this then like what if I can't turn back like so what if you can't then like move forward and in a different direction and that's totally okay 
I think that a lot of people need to hear that, you know, not just recent college grads. And yeah, I, yeah. And I think um, I, one of my friends, she um, just real quick, sorry, um, she talked to me about saying how you can have a lot of different types of dreams and a lot of different stages of your life, but I think a lot of people just box them in based on their age and then, like, when they have to get married and when they have kids and, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of dreams because I'm finding what I like and what I don't like and the possibilities from this position that I'm in and another position that I'm in and whatnot. And so, like, who knows? Like, you could end up seeing yourself, like, you know, kicking butt and just having the best time in your master's and then, like, you know, asking for more um, time to do that and, you know, going to, like, a really awesome PhD program and then becoming a professor. Um, Or you can go back to school after you create, like, the next new app, you know, um... (laughs) And, and, and then, then you go back to school and then, like, you did, like, all the things that you wanted to do or you scratch all those because you realize that you um, want to be, a pro- like, an international photographer. You know, like, I, like you know. Just, um, God, wouldn't that be the dream? Right. So, <laughs> oh, I. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. I, and I think that, you know, just putting this pressure, it's like, um, it's harder for sure to switch things and, like, to give up on things. But, like, one example I hold on to is that there was this woman who was in a Ph.D. program for performance studies in Northwestern, which is arguably, the like, the number one program in the country. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, mm-hmm. fine with it. She, you know, liked it. Someone told her to do it. Um, but she also has, a, like, a sketch background, like an improv background. Mm-hmm. And she was getting kind of just bored with the Ph.D. program. And then... She finds herself now being an Emmy-winning writer for the Full Frontal with Samantha B. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's insane. And like she yeah. has like a master's in performance studies, and it's not like gone to waste because like in a way like not a lot of comedians have grad school experience, and so like her like her yeah. perspective is just so unique to the table. And you know like and she was able to do a lot of things, and like when she thought that she pigeonholed herself into doing something, then she didn't like it. Then she found something else that like was equally as cool. So, how long is your master's program? Um, my master's pro- the master's program I'm pursuing is a year, uh, a little, it's less than two years, um, but I probably will end up taking close to two years, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. For better or worse, you know, a lot of things can change in those two years, and you can, you know, oh, I, yeah. I think that that's... Yeah. The five-year plan, you know, someone, someone said, like, what's your five-year plan? But then also, like, I also don't, like, believe in one, too. But she just wanted to know. So oh, it's yeah. like, I totally, you know, there's it's a complexity behind that question because it's like, how would you know? Well, yeah, I mean, the other day I was talking, uh, so I was actually talking to the person who's going to become my research advisor. Okay. And he was like, so, like, tell me about yourself. What do you want to do? Like, what are your goals? The three, like, worst open-ended questions that have ever come into existence, in my opinion. Totally. Uh, and, um, and, like, the, the thing is that, like, there is so much that could change. I, I love your story. I think it's, um, your example is so perfect because, like, when I was in high school, I, um, I had this high school counselor. She was my college, she was technically the college counselor, but I, like, I loved her, sat on her couch, and talked to her a lot of the time. 
really like she really helped me um, throughout that time. And one of the things, so I took my first break from college um, to do an internship like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm six months off to do a financial um, analyst internship and when I was doing that she was like oh like how are you doing how are you liking it like all these things right and I was like oh I like it like I'm I'm glad I did it obviously but I don't really know if this is what I want to do like I don't know if this is right for me like because I think I always have this like idea that you're supposed to have like that you already have this path set out for you and you're supposed to find like the right things that lead you down that path um and she was like Sarah it's okay like today it's your dream and tomorrow you'll have another dream and tomorrow I'll tell you to follow that dream right and there's no there's no regret in following the thing that works for you at the time and then when your dreams change, you equally need to adapt and start following those. But it takes courage to kind of move between those and follow um, that route and that path. And so, like, for me, um, you're totally right that, like, in two years, I I really, honestly, I hope things change, right? Like, I hope I have some more clue because if two years from now I still have the same, like, ideas and um like, information about my decisions moving forward as I do now, then obviously I've wasted two years, right? That's kind of why we experience things. That's why we do things to move ourselves forward. And so by that point, I'm hoping that I'll know not my five-year plan, but just, just the next couple of steps. And then after that, I'll know the next couple of steps. And just taking it as you go on that, um, really ultimately, like, you – you are finding out the way to mold yourself, right? Like you're creating the path with every with every mistake or with every right choice. You're kind of finding your own way um, rather than this like set path that you're uncovering, right? Mm-hmm. You're creating, not re rediscovering. I think that there. Um how do I phrase this? I think that when people grow up, their imagination for possibilities diminishes severely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, and I think hopefully that both of our dreams in two years will be more refined, maybe even more broad, maybe completely uh, thrown out the window yeah. and just, like, we're starting from scratch again. I think that's, well, not fully from scratch because you can't really because, you know, we have <laughs> those fa- we have those little mountain rocks, you know, but, um, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Well, I just want to say to this audience that Sarah was someone who was such an advocate for me when I was very um, hesitant and uh, getting on this path to becoming uh, moving to Chicago because I things didn't work out the way they did, um, like they usually do, um, just because, you know, that's life. And Sarah was someone who really brought back in a sense of agency and just like a go for it, fuck this shit, just do it um, <laughs> mentality. So I just want to say thank you to so Sarah. Right out of my mouth. <laughs> um, is what are your final words? Anything else? Ooh, goofy. Final words. Goofy. Profound. Basic. Oh. Um, 
words, but I guess, uh, yeah, it's like exactly, fuck it, go for it, um, do it, all those things, right? Like, have diverse friends. Have diverse friends. Don't be around the same people. Like, <laughs> have diverse friends. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, talk to your, be kind to your parents. Uh, <laughs> you know, all those things. No, actually, though, um, I think for any recent college grad, or for realistically anyone, um, remember that, like, you know, you you have one life, yes, but don't act like you just have one shot at it because um you do have multiple tries you can reset you can redo you can recalibrate and you can um keep going and you know um, going on a road is about going straight it's about taking left taking u-turns taking illegal left turns not like real illegal things right like little tiny things um and you know little little things along the way and that's the kind of drive you want to take um as as uh as lame and as like um what's it called overplayed as that may sound Mm -hmm. that's something that uh, keeps me going and and remember to like stop along the way and have fun and um do the things that are good for you like you know self-care not just like you know self-care as in like go out and buy things to make you happy sometimes self-care is like make your bed so you can go have fresh sheets to to smell as you dream away yeah um or sleeping in a little extra, like, whatever works for right. you, do the things that make you happy, and remember that, like, you, um, you're the best, all of you. Yeah. Sarah Lee? <laughs> do you remember that reference? <laughs> do you remember that last reference I just made? Sarah Lee? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I totally got it now. Yeah, that's still in my phone. Um... Well, Sarah Yu, thank you so much. You are tremendous, and I'm going to come do a yoga class with you in Seattle. Let's do that. Oh, my God, yes. That would be so much fun. I've been, um, I've been doing it at home because YouTube is, like, obviously free instead of <laughs> going out and trying to pay money. But when I'm back in Seattle, I should probably go to, like, real classes. Right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, that concludes the eighth episode of Human Crown. Thank you so much for joining again. I hope to do this more. I am also currently working on a more extensive podcast travel project while I was in Vietnam. It's taken me some time to do some more interviews and it's been a few months since I went on the trip, but hopefully in the next months I'll be able to share that because I really want people to kind of hear not just you know what we did on the trip but also kind of what the trip meant to people in my family but also kind of more the history and how it kind of relates to now and I'm really excited it's going to take time just you know obviously based on my capacity but it will happen and I'm really excited and Hope you all have a great holiday season and you'll hear from me soon. Ciao.